Hello, thanks for calling in to listen to this Worship by Phone service. This is Pastor Dan of Edgeboro Marketing Church. Call this number back at any time to hear this again and call back each week for a new Worship by Phone recording. This is a recording of snippets from the April 18th service, the third Sunday of Easter. Uh, we had worship outside. You will hear uh, me reading scripture uh, and leading uh, prayer and uh, my sermon. Uh, then you will hear Jane Martin and Megan Weikert uh, sing a couple songs and Gail Justice on piano. Now we center ourselves to hear our scripture passages for today. We continue our worship now with our scriptures of focus for today. Uh, starting with the book of Acts, chapter 3, verses 12 through 19. Peter addressed the people and said, You Israelites, why do you wonder at this? Or why do you stare at us? As though by our own power or piety we have made him walk. The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob the God of our ancestors has glorified his servant Jesus, whom you handed over and rejected in the presence of Pilate. Though he had decided to release him, uh, but you rejected the holy and righteous one and asked to have a murderer given to you. And you killed the author of life whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses. And by faith in his name, his name itself has made this man strong whom you see and know. And the faith that is through Jesus has given him this perfect health in the presence of all of you. And now, friends, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did also your rulers. In this way, God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, that his Messiah would suffer. Repent, therefore, and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. As we go from the words of Peter speaking, we now go to a story where Peter is listening and where Jesus is, in fact, speaking to him. This is earlier on in the timeline from the Gospel of Luke, the 24th chapter. While they were talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and terrified and thought that they were actually seeing a ghost. He said to them, Why are you frightened, and why do doubts arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and my feet. See that it is I myself. Touch me and see. For a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet, while in their joy they were disbelieving and still wondering. He said to them, Have you anything to eat? They gave him a piece of fish, of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me and the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures, and he said to them, Thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You 
are witnesses of these things. You are witnesses of these things. That's what I want to focus on this morning. So what we get to overhear in the the Gospel of Luke is the last time that Jesus speaks to the disciples. Jesus is getting ready to ascend into heaven, and in this last discourse with the disciples, he says, you are witnesses of these things. Now we can read into this a passing of the torch kind of moment, since this is the last time that they speak together. Jesus then now expects the disciples to go from where they are to share all that they have seen and all that they have learned from him. So, in other words, what Jesus has started, he expects the disciples to now do. And if you think about it that way, and really think about it, that's some big stuff. The disciples haven't really done this before without the help and teaching of Jesus. This is a really big step in their lives. But can I be honest, though? I don't think they're ready for this. I don't think they're ready at all. Now, I could go to other reasons why I think that. All the earlier times when they misunderstood Jesus' teachings, or when they had no idea that he was dining, or why he was dining with sinners, or, that, uh, or when they abandoned him and denied him when he was being arrested and then crucified. I, I could go into all of that and bring all of that up. But I, I won't, but I wanted to go into something else as to why they might not be ready. Because I think at this point, there's just too much that they have not figured out yet, specifically about the resurrection. There's a lot here. There's just so much they haven't figured out, and here all the ways and all the times when they could have figured it out. First off, Jesus actually told them multiple times that he was going to die. And then he told them multiple times that he would come again. And even though that is exactly what happened, just look at how much proof the disciples still needed beyond that. Seeing the empty tomb was not enough to convince them. Hearing from the women when they first told them on Easter morning that he had risen still did not convince them. They didn't believe it when the men told them that they had seen him on the road to Emmaus. And now, Jesus is standing right in front of them, and still, they don't believe. They think he's a ghost, and so Jesus lets them come up to him and and touch him and, and see his wounds, and they're still not convinced by that. So Jesus does what no other ghost would do. He eats a fish in front of them. Do these sound like individuals who are ready to carry on what Jesus started? I'm not so sure, because they barely seem to understand him. In fact, I wonder how they feel in this moment. The scripture passage says that they were amazed, yet terrified, all at the same time. But I wonder if they're really feeling as though that they're ready to pick up from where Jesus left off. And if not... I can't blame them one bit. Now, isn't that a feeling that we can all relate with? When we have to do something, when we're not ready to actually do it, it feels as though that we're about to be pushed into the deep end of a pool. I mean, I can can relate with that especially. Forgive me if I've told this story before. 
I know I've told it in a few different places and times. I may have told it here at some point, but you'll hear it again. Here's an instance of, of that not being ready, but still having to be ready. Before my Pastor Dan days and in my Mr. Miller teaching days, right out of college, I was hired to teach math in grades six through nine. And just weeks before I was to begin my very first year, my principal came into my room and said, we need you to teach advanced placement statistics this year. And if you don't know, AP Stats is one of the highest college-level courses that one could teach in a high school setting. Now, I was licensed to teach math in grades 6 through 12, but because it is a college-level course that students could potentially get college credit for, I knew I needed some special training in order to be a teacher of an AP class. So I asked my principal about that training and when that might be, and she said, well, unfortunately, those trainings were earlier this summer, but you'll be fine. Okay. Well, I'm standing before you today as living proof that I, in fact, did live through that time. But still, in that moment, I definitely wasn't ready to teach that class, yet I had to be. I'm sure we've all had those stories when we didn't feel ready, but we had to be. Maybe it was a new responsibility in a job or a promotion that we had. Maybe it was parenthood and what comes with that. Maybe it was volunteering somewhere new. Maybe it was an unexpected emergency and you had to act fast. Maybe it was transitioning between homes. Maybe it was taking care of a loved one when they suddenly got sick or hurt. We weren't ready in those times, but we had to be. And oftentimes, we, even though we weren't or we didn't feel as though we were ready, we proved to ourselves that we, in fact, were. I think we can put that into a larger national context, too. As we weren't ready to live through a number of things that we are living through right now, deep political divides, sorting through immense amounts of information on a daily, hourly basis, social and racial justice movements spurred on by violence and inequality, and an ongoing pandemic to cap it all off. Yet even though we weren't ready to live through those things, here we are. Turning back to scripture, we see the disciples not appearing and perhaps not feeling as though that they're ready to take the torch from Jesus. Even still in that moment, Jesus gives them that torch. You are witnesses of these things. Not you will someday be witnesses of these things. You are witnesses now. Jesus suddenly appears in the middle of whatever they were talking about before this. Just appears out of nowhere in order to tell them this. In that moment, they were witnesses. In the moment, in their amazement and terror and disbelief and doubt and worry, even though there are things that they might have needed to figure out, they will tell the world of Jesus, and Jesus knew it. They would be the reason that, they, that Jesus would continue to be in the world after he was gone. Now, given how unprepared the disciples seem to be, it does seem improbable to us and maybe to the disciples themselves that Jesus would be right, that this, in fact, would be true. When would they ever be ready to take on these things that Jesus did? 
And if we had that question, we don't need to look that much further. We know that in Acts 3, Peter is already doing just that. You should know that Acts is uh, often thought of by biblical scholars to be part two of Luke, as, this, as the, the author or authors uh, look to be the same. So in Acts 3, really just three chapters later, we have proof that Jesus was right. Here's Peter doing Jesus-like things. We didn't read this, but he had just healed a man that could not walk. And then he proceeded to tell people, which is what we read, about what happened. He said, why do you stare at us, though by our own power or piety that we had made him walk? Christ's name itself has made this man strong. Sounds like he's being a witness to me. I hope as modern-day disciples, we too can take Christ's words to heart that we are witnesses to these things. With many others across the world, we are the reason Christ is in the world today. It is through our words and our actions that people see God. Just as it was for the disciples, it's, it's not that we will be witnesses in the future, it's that we are witnesses right now. And if you're feeling some pressure that goes with that, yeah, you're not alone. This can be filled with a lot of pressure. We may not feel like we're ready to do that. Like the disciples, we too might be telling ourselves, well, I don't have the right skills to do that, or I'm not the best at words, or I don't know scripture as well as the next person. I'm too old, I'm too young, I've got personal stuff to figure out first, the world's problems are too big for me to even approach. You might be able to say a lot of things as to why you are not ready to be a witness for Christ. But at the end of the day, know that that is what you truly are. You are the one who lets other people know that they are loved. You are the one who shows them that they're not alone. You are the one who names what is wrong and stands for what is true and right. You are the one who reveals that redemption and second chances and forgiveness are all real things. You are the one that shows Christ to the world. That's what you, that's what I get to do. And when you say it out loud like that, it's pretty unbelievable that we get the chance to do that. Now, even though we may have heard that again and again and again, that we are called, that we are witnesses, that we are Christ's hands and feet, in whatever way you want to say it, we've probably heard it more than once, even still, it's worth internalizing once more, because it really is something that takes a while to sink in. So no matter who you are, may you reveal and reassure May you tell and demonstrate and display and exemplify. May you show Christ to others because you are a witness to these things.
Throughout the ages, God's call to mission summons a response. We affirm our heartfelt yearning to reply. God asks, whom shall I send? Who will be my messenger? And like Isaiah, the answer flows from our soul and forms on our lips. I will go, send me. God, our Redeemer, we share a longing to minister as partners together with you and each other. Our desire is shaped by your will, our commitment molded by your covenant. We dedicate ourselves again this day. We accept the challenge joyfully to proclaim Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. We covenant with you to be loving instruments of understanding and forgiveness among those to whom you send us. We promise anew to be living invitations for others to meet you as Lord and Savior. We press on with resolve so that your word may spread rapidly and you may be glorified everywhere. We will go. Send us. Amen. Thank you.